So, so like I said, today I've got somebody young and fresh, mm-hmm. uh, very, very, uh, I should say, talented from what I've... You know, I, what happened is that this guy, you know, um, normally when uh, when people come into where I work, you know, I normally Google them, try to find out for who are they, where do they come from. Um, and I, I came across profiling and things that he does. Mm-hmm. And as a very young man, I was like, ah, this, this, this. This is an inspiration to the other young people. So I just want to get him into the show so that he can inspire those who are young and old because you're never too old to get inspired. Oh, um, yeah, true. Uh, the name, yeah, hi, it's, it's Kenneth uh, D. Orlene. Yeah. Yes. Um, so I'll I'll just I'll just let him to actually intro intro himself. You know, let me not do the honors <laughs> for him. Let him do the all the honors. Yes. Hello, <laughs> Kenny. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Yes, um, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome. Thank you for having me in the first place. Um, so my name is Kenneth mm-hmm. Diale. Um, introduction. <laughs> <laughs> it's only such a difficult question. Tell uh, us about tell us your Tell friend. us about your <laughs> 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 like, yeah. Well, so who am I? I? My name is Kenneth. I come from Northwest, from a township called Atamelang. Um, I'm this side by virtue of educational ambition and career prospects. Mm-hmm. Um, so what do I do? Currently, I work at Gibbs as well, okay. the Center for Leadership and Dialogue. Outside of that, I'm involved in a number of projects. Currently, I'm starting my own um, youth advisory consultancy, DOLOID, with a co-founder of mine. And that looks at how do we uh, encompass a number of key pertinent um, youth development aspects. Because aside from that, I I, am an opinionista for the Daily Maverick. I write for them. I am a member of the South African Institute of International Affairs Youth Policy Committee, where Mm. I focus specifically on economic growth and youth unemployment specifically. I also serve as a director for a non-governmental organization in Ghana called Innovation for Empowerment and Development. I do debating, I do mentorship, I, I do a number of things. Post levels. Post levels. <laughs> <laughs> so you understand. Yeah. You guys understand. Jack of all trades, master of eight. Yeah. Master of eight. Yeah. 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 yeah all so right. in short, that's who I am. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> So I just want to know what 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 did you actually study? Uh, because I know, okay I know what you studied, yeah. but I just want you to tell the people or the studied. listeners what it, yeah. what you studied. So I studied political science and international relations. I also had subjects outside of that scope, which were like environmental science, because I'm very passionate about social justice. Mm-hmm. So whether it comes in the form of climate change and advocating for 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 a greener society, mm-hmm. um, I think politics specifically because one I. Growing up, I think I didn't have a lot of books, but my dad reads newspapers like crazy. So I started reading that. And obviously, you go to school, and then some questions are asked for general knowledge, and you know that. And then you know that. Yeah, and then you start reading a lot, you know. And and then I started doing public speaking. I started Mm. doing debating. And I was fortunate enough to compete um, overseas as well in high school. And so I think that was the culmination of saying, you know what, this is where you want to go into the politics, the international relations space. How do I get together with other collective minds and you know we draft policy or we draft legislation that literally is about the empowerment of people so i decided to go to politics and international relations as a basis because i think the thing about politics and i we think is just what we see on mm. tv every day yeah. you know and i think it's much broader and it's much more intense than that and i think it manifests in different ways you know so now i'm former i find myself in a business school but i think the beauty of where i find myself now is that i used the background of what i studied but also my interest in entrepreneurship and everything and i synergize 
synergize the two into the work that I do. You know, so I I, I think my background is now obviously a basis. I'm still gonna study further into like I'm starting with my honors in development studies um, this coming semester, and then hopefully masters in different things. But I think the core basis of why I study politics is that is I'm very passionate about social justice, and that's why mm. even within the things that I mentioned, it's all about youth empowerment. It's about how do we eradicate youth unemployment? How do we you know deal with the very systemic and structural challenges of our country and you know the broader African continent at large yeah wow you know, my, I think my next question was about uh, like what, what is really your passion because you talk about a lot of things debating you're talking yeah. about politics you're talking about international relations yeah. and all of that so what, what, what really is your passion what, 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 what keep like what motivates you to get up and say ah, I think you know what, you know what? I think the question of passion is always such a subjective one because for me I'm a passionate person by I don't commit to anything that I'm not passionate to you know but I think Everything that I do manifests from my want or my fundamental need to see social justice. Mm. So whether that, that comes in the form of this unemployment rate that we see currently so high, what are we doing about it? You know, mm. So I'm going to be passionate about programs and activations, whatever it is, that looks at solving that particular matter. Mm. You know, When there's a particular issue, like this, uh, let's say we say beginning of the year when there was xenophobic attacks, you know, I have friends who come from different countries. As I said, I, I also you know, do a lot of things within people in Ghana. You know, so I'm passionate about that. So that will mean that there's a, a stake for me to claim in that space and advocate. You know? So my passion is social justice, but how it manifests, it manifests in different things. You know? And I hope that answers your question, because I can't, I can't boil it down and say, you know, I just love debating only, or I just love this. Because even when you debate, you debate, you debate about different topics and so forth. And so you see different elements uh, that you care about. And I think, yeah, so essentially I would say social justice, especially for people who are previously disadvantaged, is for me my, my core passion. Mm. And I think debating on public speaking are two different things. Yes, yes. Um, so which one would you say you, you enjoy best? I would say debating. Um, reason being, and that's very, it's quite a difficult one to choose, but I would say debating because I think for me it opened out uh, a number of paths and a number of where I am now, right? So maybe let's, let, let, if I go a bit back, 2011 I was introduced to this competition called Model United Nations um, Debating by, the, uh, by Education Africa. So what it did basically, it took two learners from a privileged school and a disadvantaged school and paired them together. And you guys would debate, you would, they would be given a country to represent, for example, maybe Brazil on the topic of, let's say, um, you know, hmm, what are, let me say climate change, right? Mm -hmm. And every team would be given the same topic, but you'd be representing different countries. So you come together, you share resources with your privileged school, you share knowledge and whatnot. And you become, you do research for an intense for about two and a half months. You go compete at provincials. If you win, you go to Cape Town. And if you go abroad, you go to, to New York, right? So I was, I was fortunate enough to go through that entire process and I competed in New York in 2012. So I think ever since that stage for me, I think I realized that there's so many things that we are, I was not aware of, mainly because of background or because of just the general conversation that we have on a daily basis. But I think because debating got me to a point where I raise my level of critical engagement. And I think that's something that we need to work on as a, as a, as a nation at the moment because we're very topical. You know, we want things that just trend, but we don't want to mm. have critical conversations mm. about things that really matter. You know, when you speak of unemployment, it's not just the number, you mm. know. It's, it's, it's a lot of people who are affected by that. It's mainly young people who are affected by that. And we need to get to the core roots of it, you know, because I think because we lack that understanding of critically engaging on a number of issues, we take things for granted, mm. you know. You know, we, we, they become just headlines every day and like, oh, you know, the unemployment is bad. And then we move on and go have drinks or whatever it is that people mm, do, mm, you know. Mm. And for me, that is quite worrisome because 
as a, as a former student, but also as a student activist in, or advocate, actually, I would say, is that in the broader aspect of things, you see people who are directly impacted by these things. You work with a lot of people who are, you know, um, at least victors from these circumstances. And you feel like there's a fundamental need to not only give back, but to create sustainable solutions. And that requires critical conversation. I think that's, and that's where debating comes in, because it teaches you to critically engage whatever the topic is and understand, analyze it, go to the deep-rooted courses about it and see how do we fix it from there and not just talk about it from a surface level as we often do. Yeah, I want to find out how do we take that from just being a conversation. You yeah. said uh, opportunity for social justice. Yeah. So uh, identifying the problem, yeah. uh, the key areas that are social justice yeah. and then identifying that I could say it has to be a specific problem yeah. and then moving it from being conversational just, yeah. and then the next step, yeah. especially what's been about well, the political landscape yeah, in the country. I think it happens in two ways. I think the first one I would argue is that you need to understand it. So you have to choose a topic. Not we're not we're not all gonna care about everything. Mm-hmm. I think for me, if I use an example and say let's use the unemployment rate, right? Yeah. So as we speak in South Africa, there's about twenty seven point seven percent unemployment rate. But fifty point nine percent of that twenty seven is young people under the age of twenty five. Right? Between the ages of fifteen and twenty five, for example, mm-hmm. one in every three young people is neither in employment is not neither employed, neither in any educational institution or in any form of training. You know, mm-hmm. most of these people who are affected by that in unemployment stay out of what we call the economic hubs. So they stay within the peripheries of our cities. Mm-hmm, so your Alex, mm-hmm. Deep Sloot, and your rural areas, right? So that's how you start to dissect it, you know? Yeah. So you look at a topic like that and then go break it down. Break mm-hmm. it down to who it is affecting the most, why it is affecting them the most, you know? If you take that, for example, that, that example that I gave you and say, but why is that circumstance not changing? Then you factor in, if, uh, last year, I think, the National Treasury released a report called the 40-40-40, right? That says, is 40% of working class people spend 40 minutes or more on transport uh, on going to work mm-hmm. spend 40% of their disposable income on transport a month they live in 40 square meter houses mm. and um I forgot what the other 40 stands for, right? But I'll remember it now. And and so that is a, a, a problematic narrative. Why? Because it tells you that most adults who are mm. working in these spaces do not have enough time, for example, to invest in their children's education mm. by helping them out mm. to see if they're making sufficient progress, to invest in other extramural activity which could help them. Um, three, it tells you about the time that we do not have to engage each other, even in our own households. You mm. know, you come back tired from school. You don't even know at times how well your kid is doing or you're unable mm. to, to go to their school, right? So when we start breaking things down to that level, we can start to say, oh, wait, maybe at the root cause of this is the level of education okay. and the quality of that education that they're receiving, as well as the education beyond the classroom, as I like to call it. So what do we do outside of the classroom? Do you just go play or do we invest in extramural activity that's going to stimulate your mind? You know, so I think it starts like that. That's the first part. So understanding a situation to the code. Two, looking at avenues that exist. I think oftentimes one of the things that we tend to do is we relegate a lot of our own civic duties to government or to somebody else or to a leader mm. whatever the case mm. is and I think it is high time as South Africans that we understand that a lot of the problems that we're facing are going to require more than just the leaders that we've put into place and I think once we individually start taking action mm. then most of these leaders will start realizing that wait the people are angry and the people are doing things on themselves that means we must also elevate our standard of performance our standard of whatever it is mm. you know so for example how do I then take that issue and start working so what I am busy working with with a friend of mine is that we realize that 
there's there's a number of young people at least from our township levels who are disenfranchised by virtue of where they stay by virtue of lack of money and many other situations so we are starting a, a mentorship organization called Aritusa name we'll be launching it later this year and that is aimed at what do we see as the challenges in our community so we have students who perform quite well maybe end of the metric but they don't they chose the wrong subjects they don't have access mm. to funding mm. and all these things so they don't have knowledge so one of the things that we're going to do is that we're going to create a careers day for grade 11s and 12 specifically but also for grade 9s who are about to choose subjects so mm-hmm. that they are knowledgeable yeah. about what they need to do. Mm-hmm. Two, we're going to try and partner up with local entities to, to, to start looking about how can we, in as much as we want to get bursaries but also as a community, you know, two rand, imagine if everybody in a community, let's say for example, gave 10 rand a month to something or, mm. or less, you know, how much the pool of money that would be accumulated to ensure that we are sending the young people in our community to school would mm. be so impactful in the, in the long run, you know. So look at something like that where we can have a collective, like what we do, stock fell like for education. Yeah, yeah stock for know? education. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you know. Yeah. And then um, the two last element, one would be a reading club. So so I'm busy trying to collect or I'm starting to collect uh, books so that we can start getting people, uh, young people who are not in school or even those who are in school, uh, outside of school, to start reading a, a number of things. Financial literacy is something that a lot of us lack even working class people. That's mm-hmm. why so many of us are in debt. Mm. You know, we don't have basic financial mm-hmm. literacy. You don't understand you know, when you get your income statement you know, the, the deductibles and, and how much you have and so forth. And so there's a lack of knowledge in that. So one, we're going to try and get books on financial literacy so that we can start teaching young people from a young age so they can be more responsible going forward. And then fourth, we, uh, you know I, on a personal note, I do a lot of mentoring. So I have about seven or five or seven mentors at the moment, but we're going to try and formalize that as a structure, get working class people in the community and young people who have been able to go study and work and whatnot to see how can we try and start passing down certain knowledge and certain ethics and what we have learned, you know, because even things as basic as a CV, you know, most people still mm. use mm. the first CV template that they learned in grade 10, you yeah. know, and unfortunately then even if they are qualified for a job, because they still use mm. that, mm. they're automatically yeah. disqualified oh, oh, okay. before they even get to that yeah. level, wow. you know, because yes. it's not the right type of so I think for me it's about looking at what can we do at a basic level you know and I think once we get the basics right Mm. then we can start elevating start looking Mm. at different things and I think then the impact will be tremendous um, you know in the long run but yeah that's that's what I would say I just want to know how on earth do you juggle everything that you do (laughs) on top of like what you've just mentioned that you've got seven mentees Yeah, and, and where we work, it's not actually um, I can where imagine. he works. It's not really a child's play. So yeah, how do you how do you do it? Like you create time. time where do you get there that you much time? You create well, it. You, you you. I think you know one thing I realized is that. Uh, it's difficult to actually answer your straight because but the thing mm-hmm. is I sleep about maximum of four and a half hours a day mm-hmm. uh, on a weekly basis you know and, 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 and I spend most of my weekends working and traveling mm-hmm. you know um, to do these different things but I think what's also important what I've realized because of my age is that one you have to start developing certain habits at a young age mm. so that in the long run they become part and parcel of who you are mm. as a person mm. so I, I don't waste time on a number of things. So, for example, you know, if you're taking the train to go to work, as an example, you know, that's 40 minutes that you can use to read, listen to the radio simultaneously. So you're already covering a certain element of it. You know, at work, generally, yes, you you know your you know your productive hours. You know, not everybody's nobody's productive. Yeah, no, day, you know? I hope not. they're not. <laughs> but so. but even studies show it. Actually, there was a study recently that came out that most people actually are productive for about four hours at maximum a day. Mm. You know, but I mean, like even if you do that, uh, what I'm fortunate about is 
that now where I work and with my director specifically is that the the the, the, the environment creates for you to even get ideas learn, about what to yeah. do and mm. learn, you know. Mm. But I would say I think some of the things. I always try and say you, you need to do work that will allow you to make yourself redundant in the long run. Yeah. So when you set up an organization, ensure that you're training people, ensure mm-hmm. that you have the right support structure so that once, at some point, you, do, you can you know, eliminate yourself from the process mm-hmm. and that it can run itself. You know, so even with the mentees, we don't always have to meet. We can Skype, we can yeah. WhatsApp, thing, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and and that saves time, that saves money. Yeah, you do that. So is it correct to assume that you're unmarried and unchilded? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still there we go. It does not necessarily, it does not necessarily assume that uh, I'm on the market. <laughs> nine minutes before nine, man. It is the blessings avenue. Oh, All yeah. radio veritas. We are hanging out with Kenneth. Mm. Kenneth Diole representing yeah. Atamelang Northwest Bukonibu Pirima. But Akabelo says, wow, 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 awesome, awesome, awesome guy you have there in studio. Mm, Greetings indeed, to the guy, yeah. and yes. he inspires me a lot. So, yes, continue being inspiration. Isn't that sweet? Yeah, so <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe the last question yeah. so that we can let you go on. So, what, you know, uh, let's just ask you the famous question. What advice do you have for, especially listeners and people who, people. who want to be like you and live their passion? Not necessarily do what you yeah. do, but you know, yeah. <laughs> I think be rooted. You know, um, as, as I was doing my research with about the station and so forth, and I realized actually this is my second interview, but the other one was 2015 or 14, you wow. know. Uh-huh. Um, but I think one of the things I realized is based on a particular thing, on a spiritual element. And I, I'm anchored my, by, by, by my spirituality as well. You know, I whenever I speak, whenever I work, I always, you know, I would pray. I'm like, God, even if I'm not preaching, okay. utilize me so that whoever is at the receiving end of what I'm saying is touched in a different way, you Most know. Day. So I'm anchored by my spirituality so find that's the first thing find something that anchors you as a person and and and, and work on it manifest it every day as you know um, before this i was listening to that you know you have to engage in your scripture you have to engage and you have to have your own revelation of that scripture and that is quite important so the first thing is find an anchor the second thing is be in the space the proximity of people who inspire you mm. i have people only say a circle of friends i have a line because i have very few people yeah. in my friendship you know so i don't i don't think we are big enough to make a circle you know yeah. and, and the reason for that is nice. that as, as we start to train you start to understand that it's important that you have people who inspire you in their work but who equally can celebrate you as if whatever it is that they're doing whatever it is that you are doing or they are doing you can celebrate yourself as your own and i'm fortunate to have those people who are doing great things and you know even acquaintance and whatever the case so find people who inspire you you know they can be on different fields different things and start connecting with those people ask them what is driving them share their knowledge engage in what what their passion is and find what is it that then moves you you know because i think once you find that yourself in those spaces you have to at least maintain a certain standard because your understanding mm-hmm. of the proximity under uh, within you is that these are people who are maintaining a high standard of what it is that you want you know and i think mm-hmm. that's important so find the people who inspire in your life and get inspiration from them but you must also equally be able to inspire them you know mm-hmm. because that's how it's it's, it's a it's a two-way street you yeah. know and i would say third and arguably most importantly is understand that everything takes time I think one of the things that we tend to do is think that things happen instantaneously. Because if I share something on Facebook, oh, hey, I'm on radio or whatever the case may be, people think, oh, why is this guy always doing this? But what you don't understand that, you know, moments like this or the previous ones have been years in the making. You know, they started mm. with the first time you took, you know, the, the challenge of maybe doing public speaking and not knowing that it will lead you to debating or yeah. traveling to other most countries or stuff like yeah. that. You know, that's important. Learn to understand that time is important, but in that time, 
take the time to perfect the small things at the basis obviously you can build a house but if the foundation you know it's is not, not yeah. it's not right it's going to collapse at some point so yeah. learn to build yourself so what are your values what are your values what are the people around you what inspires you what wakes you up at night as you guys asked just, um, just earlier and I think at the core of those things you will start to see a change a fundamental change because then you start to discipline yourself in a manner of ways when are you waking up what are you doing what is your routine you know when are you adding the important elements to your life and how are you prioritizing certain things you know because I think depending on the kind of life that you want you need to be able to say at some point maybe I don't have so much time at least in the moment for friends but I can contact them once in a while because I'm building this thing mm-hmm. or if that's not who you are you can say then this time I will use for reading for, for you know education beyond the classroom or the university and whatever the case is so you need to be able to say at the core what are my priorities and how am I integrating all these things in my being and then you know developing that because I think in the long run they will all position you well and give you opportunities that you didn't even think about I think I think it, you know I'm just listening to you and I'm thinking maybe we should have taken the whole show from <laughs> 7 <laughs> until that's, 9 o'clock that's what I'm thinking I wish we had more time wow Kenneth Diole guys thank you so yeah. much thank you so much, much. Thank you, so much. Yes. Uh, we can only yes. you know wish you and pray for the best going forward here yeah. yeah. and we all already know it's a little more thank you for inspiring continue inspiring thank you you'll be back again I think I think they agree you'll be back again and I actually want you to come and talk about that CV thing because that's something yeah. that we normally preach you yeah. know so that the people can actually understand yeah, you know about, you about yeah. when you're talking about a CV what, what, does what has to go hmm. into a CV and True. how well must be must it be presented um, yeah so, no, I, so. I, I, I deeply yeah. agree with that because I think yeah, it also it, it also serves your audiences you most know with, definitely, with knowledge yeah. most yeah. definitely no Nice. We'll, we'll do that. Thank you. Yeah, for no, me. thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you, yeah. thank you, team. Thank you, team. Thank you, Tuso. Thank you, Lee. Thank you, Paul. Once again, it yes, has yes, been yes, another yes. tremendous edition of number seven two nine blessings. blessings. You. Are you ready for your blessings? We just received them in yeah. the form of <laughs> Kenneth. Dio. Yes. Yes. Sir. Yes. Sir. <laughs>